Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that we can come together. We give you great thanks that uh, wherever we're at in our life, uh, that uh, we're able to be here, wherever we're at with you, um, help us now maybe to just consider you and what it means to have a relationship with you. That is that possible? Are you still relevant to our lives today? Help us to see that you are in your word. Amen. Now what we're going to do today is, uh, as we've been doing for last week, we've been doing Jesus Is. You can see on the screen there, we've been uh, asking the question about who is Jesus? And we've been looking at, you might have seen the big uh, poster on the, on the fence as you come in and each morning so many of the school kids are looking at the sign and reading through which ones and some are positive, some are not, not from the Christian perspective and lots of different views and some people are just reading the sign and that's it. We come together on a Sunday and we think about it a little bit further and push ourselves a bit further to think about who Jesus is. And as we do that last few weeks, my, and, and today as well, my hope and prayer is you see Jesus speaks directly into your life. And if that's the case, I think that pushes us to make a response. And so that's what I'm going to ask us all to do uh, as, we, as we finish today as well. As I mentioned, we've been doing Jesus Is, and, and today we're focusing in on, as we've already seen with the kids spot, on the next screen, on the, next screen the little orange box, Jesus Is Outdated. Now, if I was to ask you about uh, things that you say are outdated, what would you come up with in your mind? Oh, I love this one. Seriously, my kids can't last a year without you know, destroying their bag, and this is 45 years old. That's quite extraordinary. Uh, that, that's how, how old that uh, bag is. But what would you come up with? Outdated things today. Here's a few that I, that I thought of over time. On the screen there, you'll see... Good old Blockbuster. Now, could any executive at Blockbuster get a job today or should they get a job? Because one of the biggest faux pas in the history of business was by Blockbuster. Do you know what it was? These guys, it, they used to dominate, right? All around the world, there were Blockbuster DVD stores all around the world in America. It was a billion dollar industry. It was flying. Then there was this little fledgling company, just as Blockbuster was kind of plateauing, came along and said, we really want to be with you guys, we really want to be with you guys, well, just for $50 million, that's all. And they didn't have a bar of it, they kept on going back to them, they kept on going back to them. Do you know who it was? Netflix. No more Blockbuster, it's all about Netflix and the billions and billions of dollars, DVDs, Blockbuster, outdated. Maybe Jesus is a little bit like Blockbuster. Had its glory days, but now, oh, you can find the odd one a little bit. It's not really, it's outdated. The time's gone. The second one on the screen you'll see, remember these? There's a few still around, but there was a time, there was a time when you wanted to connect with someone, you needed to just have a few coins and you could ring someone in a telephone box. But now you can all just pull in your pockets uh, and use a phone. We don't need those anymore, they're completely outdated. Maybe Jesus is like a telephone box. You can use him, but there are much better versions today that can do a lot more. I don't think there's any telephone box 
uh, except for maybe Doctor Who, who can, uh, you can you know, do all sorts of other things with. That was for you, Seb. Um, but my personal favourite one that I thought of is the one that comes up on the screen now. Did you have one of these? The Sony Walkman with a cassette player. That's the cool, coolest one, that one. I wonder if you had that one. The Walkman, you listen to your music. It was so cool. The technology was amazing. You could listen to your music while you were just walking around the street. You didn't have to have a big beatbox. You could just have your headphones on. Off you go. And you could listen to your music. Cassettes. We don't have them anymore. We don't even have anything. It's just kind of in the air. MP3s and music and computers. Outdated. Maybe Jesus is like the Walkman. You see... Some things, though, are never outdated. Water. Water is probably our greatest human desire. They say when we desire water, the thirst for water, we need it. We know we need it. I don't need to explain it any further. We die without it. Water is something that will never go outdated. And it seems to me... It's not too hard to come up with the conclusion that Jesus is more like the Walkman than water when it comes to people's perspectives all around us. Maybe your perspective if you're here today. What we want to consider is, is that right? Because the idea that giving your life to Jesus, to be a committed Christian, to see Jesus as Lord, just for many people for most people, just doesn't seem to cut it anymore. We can go with, oh yeah, he's significant in our history and he said some helpful things and he was a good guy, if you want. But when it comes to him actually being a committed Christian, considering him to be Lord, no, that's outdated. What I want us to do is I want us to see, and if you've got your outlines there, uh, the that it'll be helpful to see where we're, we're travelling along in the, in the middle there. I want us to see what never becomes obsolete. See, to be outdated, it's obsolete. You've moved on from it. We've seen that with the, with the kids and, and with a couple of the illustrations I've put um, up before you. But what if Jesus... What if Jesus is not just a relig- religious figure of the past? As we heard, he was the same... Uh, back then, he is today and in the future. What if he speaks into your life now and even more significantly than that and into your future? And I want to suggest he does in profound ways which need to stop and help us, uh, stop and let us pause and think, I actually do need to consider him. And the first thing I want us to consider is really the one which everything will flow from today, is Jesus gives us a place to belong. Have a look on the outline there with me, um, at the, the uh, passage, John chapter 14. Just those uh, first few verses. Jesus says, he's talking to his disciples, trying to figure out, Uh, what life's all about, and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. 
And then he goes on to say, look at verse 2. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. See, I want us to see three moments in John's Gospel, starting here, where Jesus taps into human desires that were the same 2,000 years ago, that are the same today, and will be the same in human history. And we see here the desire to wanting to belong. You see, Jesus is saying, I'm sorting out a home for you. I want you to have a place, and it's in my Father's house. It's for you. He's talking to his disciples. It's for you, and there are many rooms. It's not like it's going to be cramped. It's not the slums in Kenya, in Nairobi, where we're just going to be all cramped in with really poor conditions. This is my Father's house with many rooms, and I'm making it personal for you. See, I think here we're seeing something that we all want. We all actually do want a place to belong. And you may take your place for granted. But we do yearn for our own special place. We hate it when we don't belong, I reckon. That feeling of loneliness, of being disconnected and frustrated in whatever way you're thinking about your place. It's not how we're built. We hate it when we don't belong. And I actually think that's, um, if you're not one who normally comes to church, I think that's really significant for church. People come and stay at church if they feel connected and belong to church. It's a place that they feel comfortable with. You know, all the teaching and everything's really important and, and, and following Jesus, hopefully, is at the core of it. And also, but you're not going to continue to connect, go to a church if you don't feel any connection with people. Hopefully, around Jesus, that's why we're here, because we're connected together under Jesus. I want, to, I want us to think this through from three kind of perspectives, from the world, like a big picture world, from Australian perspective, and then from a personal perspective in my life. See, the first idea, I think, we just have to take a moment and think about the refugee crisis in the world to see how real this is. Millions and millions of people displaced around the world and they just want somewhere to be. And where they were, they can't be anymore. And the world is freaking out that their place will be ruined if they help. And it's kind of confusing because you can see how it's all messed up and really confusing and everyone's worried about their place. We do care. And Jesus is saying, I have a room for you that won't be ruined. That won't be affected by the, the worldwide refugee crisis. It's in my father's house. If we think from the Australian perspective, uh, 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 a non-Christian guy, but a, 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 an Australian uh, anthropologist, I've mentioned him before, if you come to, uh, to Grove, uh, Hugh Mackay, he wrote a book that, that I've read and really appreciated, What Makes Us Tick, 10 Desires That Drive Australians. Basically, he did his anthropological thing and he got a whole bunch of Australians over a long period of time to discuss what really matters to them in, 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 in informal discussions, and he put it all together and he came up with 10 things. 
one of them that was really significant uh, for, for him, and he went on to talk about, was that's a place to belong. Australians do want that. He said, um, and he was talking about the ind- Indigenous people um, and pointing out how we want a place to belong, but we don't really acknowledge it. He said, we are very willing to acknowledge that Indigenous people have a powerful sense of place, but less prepared to recognise that this is the case not only for Indigenous people, but for all of us. We have a powerful sense of place. We all need places in our lives that th- say things about us uh, we're pleased to have uh, been in. Places of symbolism, of, of rites of passage, and all sorts of other things he goes on to talk about. We do care about where we are. And Jesus is saying, I have a place where you can be in my Father's house. That seems pretty relevant. Lastly, you know, we moved house three months, uh, three months ago uh, to another house. And I think on nearly every level, the house we moved into is, just, is better for our kids. It's bigger, there's more area for them to play. It just works out dynamically for our family better. And we're really, really thankful for that. But that hasn't stopped one of my kids the first week being in tears the whole time, crying. I, I look out of my window and now I just see the carport where I used to have a lovely garden. It's also horrible and I don't feel comfortable here and I, I feel disconnected and I can't scooter here. You can scooter here. It's better than, no, it's not like exactly the path I had before because that was where a place to belong. I think it expressed it in a sweet little way of actually when we get older, we kind of put that aside, but we do care. If you lose your place then we start to feel it. If you have to give up your house, you move into state, you, you can't afford where you're living, then it really hurts. And Jesus is saying, I'm personally preparing a place for you. It's got my seal of approval on it. And notice though, Jesus goes on to say in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And this leads us to our second point. The desire for meaningful relationships. See, here we see Jesus not only saying, I've got a, like a place for you, I've got actually something that I'm going to be with you at. A desire for meaningful relationships, and that meaningful relationships is with Jesus, the Lord of all. That's what he's offering. And this amazing thing, he's saying, he's sorting out. This is profound when we understand how deeply he knows us. That was the passage uh, that we had read today in John chapter 4. I think it's, uh, I'll put it on the outline there as well. But in that that passage a little bit earlier from John chapter 14, Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman and the woman, they're at a well, they're getting water, which is very significant that they're where the water is, all about life and and, and purpose. And and she's wanting water to drink and and, uh, she asks for a drink. Uh, Jesus asks her for a drink rather, and then, and then she says, will you give me a drink? She's freaking out. You're, you're not a Samaritan. This is not, we don't talk. Well, this is inappropriate. How's this happening? 
And Jesus talked to her and said, if you knew the gift of God and the life and the living water that you could be given, and, and, and it all gets kind of this amazing conversation between Jesus kind of indicating to her, uh, I have living water that is far better than the well water. My living water uh, is eternal, which we'll get to in a moment. And this living water is significant. And he's what is greater. And so the woman says in verse 15, she says, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Our greatest desire, the thirst for water, saying he can quench this with this water. Jesus told her, verse 16, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. Now, here's the thing. Verse 17, Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Was her response. Why do I bring this up here? Because Jesus is offering this woman living water, eternal water. He's offering her the, 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 the place in another way, the room. And he's doing that knowing her deepest and darkest secrets. Jesus knows everything about her. The one who says, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am, knows everything about us. What you're able to hide from others, those things that you know are not right in your life, those things you know actually before God aren't right, He knows. And He says He's preparing a place for you. The desire for a meaningful relationship can't be any more intimate than when someone knows you so profoundly and still wants you. And it gets even more significant because he deals with those problems that we have. It's quite profound, isn't it? Jesus is saying, I have a place in my Father's house for you if you want it, and I'll come and be with you. And I'm with you in a deep, profound relationship which you desire. That's why you're, how you're made. Even those of us who kind of like people, but can I say don't like people because we're introverts? And like, I, I, I'm an introvert. I, I like to have my space away from people. Uh, I love spending lots of time with people, and then I kind of need to recharge by myself. That's the way I'm made. That's completely fine. But the desire for meaningful relationships is still profound. And we don't just get them with others. We get to have it with the Lord of all he's offering. So here we have the place and the relationship. But it gets even deeper which I've alluded to already. You see, the chapter earlier, in John chapter 3, uh, Jesus uh, had a whole conversation with Nicodemus. I don't know if you've ever read John chapter 3. You should. Uh, maybe this afternoon, if you never had, uh, never have. Nicodemus, uh, a priest, 
uh, kind of wants to figure out Jesus and goes to talk to him. And there's this whole conversation where Jesus says, you need to be born again. You may have heard that. That's kind of classic, kind of old school Christian language. We might even say, oh, that's a bit outdated to say born again. But no, it's not because we're to be born again. But born again, he says, you need to be born again. And he's wrestling with that. What's that all mean? And, and then the Son of Man needs to be lifted up. And he, Jesus is referring to the fact he's the Son of Man. And he needs to die on a cross. And all of this conversation comes along. And then that great famous statement that kind of ca- encapsulates a lot of that conversation that he has with Nicodemus that the, the writer of the Gospel, John, puts together. John three sixteen. it's on your outline. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Did you notice this intimate personal relationship is not just Jesus ticking some boxes or some formula? It's out of his love for us. He knows what we're like and he profoundly loves us. How great is that? The third point I really wanted to highlight is because of this love, is it the love means that Jesus is providing us something, a life that will last eternal. This place, this relationship is not for a time. It's forever. It's for eternity. That's the offer that Jesus is making. As we already said with the kids, with with the bag, Jesus is the same then as he is now and into the future and he's saying I've got a place so that you can be with me now but actually the real reality into the future forever he's not changing and he wants us to be with him life after death isn't that extraordinary the whole of John's gospel if you read all of John's gospel you would see it's one of the things that come out there is eternal life that Jesus has come to give life. His kingdom, his, his whole purpose is that there's life and it goes on forever. In the, the woman in the, in the well, in chapter 4, we, we, saw, we saw that where there's the promise um, of the, the water welling up to eternal life in John, in, uh, John uh, 4.14, as we see in 3.16. Life eternal is the offer. I think that's amazing. I think as we put these three things together, it speaks into your life today. Because Jesus is saying he has a place prepared for you personally. It's a place with him. It's a place because he loves you so much and it's forever. How can we say that's outdated when it's going into the future forever? Is Jesus outdated well some things can never make a comeback as we see on the screen do you see that movie that movie 2012 was all about the false use of of a a prop of a calendar the Myanmar calendar and where the world was going to end in 2012 any prophecy that the world's going to end any time from, what's the time now? I've got 12 to 11 on the 25th of September. Any prophecy that says the world's going to end any time before then 
is outdated and cannot make a comeback. It, game over. It's outdated. You need to realise it's all a facade, it's all fake, it's all not real. But just because something is old, that doesn't make it automatically disqualify from being relevant or current. <laughs> it's bad, you still get use out of it. Peter said he's tried to throw it out so many times, but I'm glad he didn't because it's current, because we got to use it today. So bad luck, Peter, that's really great, we got to use it. You see, old things aren't automatically outdated. Some things make a comeback. Retro is cool. You know that Walkman I showed you earlier? They're really expensive to buy now. You know why they're really expensive to buy? Because of this guy. If you've seen that movie, at the beginning of this great movie, which I did predict was going to be a great movie. Sorry, Jen, you thought it was going to be bad. I, I was right on that one. Uh, this is a brilliant movie. At the beginning of this movie, one of the Marvel uh, comic movies, the first scenes, he puts on that classic Walkman. As a little kid, he has it, and then he dances around, and he's got that Walkman on. So now, I reckon, you buy them on eBay for heaps and heaps of money because of that, and because it's retro and it's cool. Jesus isn't making a comeback in a new way because he's retro or cool. He's the same. And his offer has never changed. I have a place in my father's house for you. I want to be with you into eternity. That's the offer. Is Jesus outdated? I don't think we can say he, can. We, he is. I shared a little bit on the back of the outline of the last three weeks. I went through a time in my life where I thought Jesus, I decided he was irrelevant, that he was outdated, even though I never stopped believing that he was real, that he, was, uh, that he died, that he actually came for us. But when I got to university, he just got outdated because there were so many other things to do. Now I was on the cusp of ignoring him, deluding myself that he's outdated, that this offer of a house, this offer of a relationship isn't that significant, and going down that uni life path. I was on that cusp until a friend said to me, I believe Jesus is God and that he speaks to us uh, in his word and that Jesus has died for us and for some moment, that reason, God by his spirit convicted me. Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> You've been pretending he's not relevant. You've been bagging out the Christian group on campus and actually, you've always believed it. Wake up. You see, he's not outdated and we also, it's helpful for us to remember there is a flip side. We've talked about the positive relevance of Jesus in John's Gospel, there is the warning that if you want to reject Jesus' way, there is the other. On the screen, the one verse I didn't put in the outline, it's on the screen there. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. It's not that, and it's really significant what's being said there, it's not that God... Uh, will reject you 
and uh, that's coming in the future. Our problem that Jesus pointed to the, the woman, the Samaritan woman, that we all have those moments in our life that God, that aren't acceptable to God, means that we're already in a state of wrath. And Jesus has come to prepare a place for us to deal with that. When he says he's preparing a place for us, it's he gave his one and only son. John 3.16 gave his one and only son. His death for us is to take away the wrath. So we can have that place with him because he has relationship only with those that... He can't be in relationship with those that are in contradiction to him. That's a good reminder for us that Jesus doesn't mince his words today. That makes him relevant, not to be rejected. You can choose today, like I did previously, to find these things in other ways. You can have a place and value it immensely. You can seek to buy the best house you possibly can and then try and save to get another one, maybe get a holiday house, or have places that you go that are special to you and treasure them have people that become the number one persons in your life that they're really they're kind of in the place of God in a sense you can choose to replace what Jesus is offering here with other things except for one thing none of it can be eternal Jesus is offering you something far better that gets to the core of what we're made for and desire, and it lasts into eternity. And you see there, he says, whoever believes in the Son. Jesus is wanting us to acknowledge what he's giving us, to acknowledge that we need him to repair the room for us, to believe in him, his death for us. That is the call of Jesus on our lives today. He's not outdated. Maybe today you realize that you do need Jesus, that you do need to believe in Him and trust in Him and that your desire for these things you've been looking for in other places, today that can change completely for you. come to God and you acknowledge from now on I turn to you I believe in you I trust in what you've done and I long for this eternal relationship with you as I live this side of heaven you can make that decision today I encourage you to do that but maybe that may be one bridge too far for you can I encourage you to pursue your questions further? Not to let them to sit by or to sit in an ambivalent place about that. That's why uh, we, we like to come each week and help us understand who Jesus is. And it's why we like to do things during the week to help us figure it out further. I put cards on all the seats, um, the, our Connect course. You may see them there around you. If you think for even a moment that you'd like to just consider whether this is relevant for your life, I'd love you to join us for that, um, uh, for that uh, Connect course coming up. 
Um, you can write it on the communication card. You can let me know personally. You can send me an email. Um, but I'd love you not to waste that opportunity. If you have decided to follow Jesus, this is a great place to be because that's what we do. Try and figure out life following him. And we'd love to help you with that further and I'd love to catch up with you. Uh, you can let us know on the cards and I'll, I'll uh, love to chat with you and meet with you further. But can I encourage you to reassess whether you think Jesus is for the past. When we read about him, he's all about your future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, <coughs> we give you great thanks that we can consider your son. As we do every week and over these last three weeks, particularly thinking about a, a, an attitude towards Jesus, we, we do thank you that your son prepares a place for us, a place with him eternally. May no one leave today rejecting that without considering it. We do pray, Lord, that we can understand the joy of this relationship more and more as we long for heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.